You're listening to Cody and Jess on It's Her Time. All right, we are here today with a really fun guest. We've actually had her on our podcast before. If you remember a couple of years ago, we had Ashley DeLello come join us and talk to us about the power of positivity. It was a short episode. This is when we were doing 15-minute episodes. And I wanted to bring her back because she's a wealth of knowledge. She's a good friend. And I feel like, especially the topic that I'm wanting to discuss today, she's an expert in her field. Some of you may actually know Ashley based on some of the things that she's done in the past. She used to have a career as a professional dancer. She's well known for she and her husband being on So You Think You Can Dance. They were finalists. They actually competed against each other, which is kind of cool, but then went on to other shows um, and Broadway and other things. And so she is amazingly talented, but that has gone. Um, she's retired from that and now is studying and and helping people with... Um, their brain health and neuro, you know, neuropathways and all of these things. And you're going to have to explain it a little bit better. But before we get into that, let's start first. We always love to start with a fun episode because we have the most amazing community and they send us in every single week, these really funny, like fun answers to some of these things that we call Tell Us Tuesdays. So let's go into our segment, Mixers Girls Say. All right. So this, this one was tell us your celebrity encounter. And I thought this would be so fun with you because I know you have had lots of celebrity encounters. So you think of something fun that you can add to this too. But okay, so this this girl said she met Vanessa Hudgens at a jazz game, which is here in Utah. And she was so nice. And the audience said, I hate when people are mean and ugh, jelly, you met her. So 94% obviously said that they hate it when people are mean. And I, I feel like I've, I've met a couple of celebrities. Some of them are way friendly and down to earth. And then many of them are just like, get out of my face, which I also respect and understand for sure. All right. This one is funny. This girl said, I made out, I made out with Joe Jonas. He's a great kisser. Oh my. Wow. 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 (laughs) I wish we had some background there. (laughs) I know. Obviously, I could be his mother. So I'm not like, woo, baby, so jealous about that. But me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But I know a lot of our listeners are. (laughs) He's a very talented guy and cutie, cutie patootie for sure. Okay. This one is kind of more, um, these, these two people have been in the like public spotlight a lot lately. I feel like wherever I look on any celebrity news or gossip or anything, these, um, people are definitely being talked about and maybe this person has been maybe misunderstood. So who knows? But this person said that she ran into Travis Barker at Disneyland and that he was super kind and sweet and humble. Hmm. Yeah. You never know, right? You can't always judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. So are you, are, do you love him and Courtney together? Uh, you know, I mean, do you care? maybe I'm totally irrelevant, but I do not care. Um, <laughs> me and the Kardashians, I've, I've never had a, um, a relationship. Mm, um, you're not invested. I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I wish everybody the best, you know, yes, I hope it, I hope it's great, but, um, <laughs> No, I, I haven't kept like a close. You're not keeping uh, up with the Kardashians. No, I haven't. Um, no, <laughs> I'm sorry if I just lost. I, 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 you know, I study neuroscience journals on my free time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you actually gained a lot of people that actually relate more to you. But 73 percent of our audience said that they actually love him and Courtney Kardashian together as a couple. 27 percent of you said that your team Scott and Courtney. So some of you are like, I don't even know who you're talking about, yeah. but that's okay too. Okay, we'll do one more. Saw John Krasinski and Emily Blunt with their kids at Disneyland. 97% of you say, love them. Yeah. They're a super cute couple, don't you think? I Yeah. I, I think agree. they both seem also really genuine and authentic. You, you never know? know, but I, you, never know. you know, I feel like, yeah, they're doing a good job. In your job. mind, they are. Uh-huh. So at least that reaffirms, <laughs> which is good. It's always good to hear when you, especially when you like a celebrity and you enjoy, you know, what they portray that you're like, oh, that was confirmed. I knew they must be really nice and down to earth. All right. Last one. And this one I can say I'm jelly about. Um, met Chris Hemsworth. If you don't know who that oh. is, that he played Thor at the London Heathrow Airport. And he was so nice. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. like to meet that. Now, this one is a weird one. We, we put it out there also in response to this question. Who would you rather meet? Chris Hemsworth or Nicole Ritchie? Like those are two, like, I don't even know where we came up with that, but 
oh, that's because somebody else said that they met Nicole Richie when they were working at Abercrombie and she was also sweet. So this oh. is good. Some celebrities showing up and putting out their best side. Obviously, how who do you think people are more excited to meet? I, I want to go with Chris. <laughs> I want to say, especially yes. as a female audience. I mean, I don't know, but. 97% say Chris okay. Hemsworth. All, All right. right. That was right. just funny and fun. Do you have a celebrity encounter? That- I mean, I've got I've got quite a few when we were living in LA, obviously. But I mean, and this is going to date me. Some of the younger audience might not know who Fabio. Oh, Fabio um, is. He know? was the um like model for all of those romance yes. novels, and yes. he also did. So you think this is what is it called that that you should never eat? Oh, butter. I, yeah. So you think it's not butter? So you think right? it's not butter? Which yes. is just probably chemicals. But that's another it's definitely story not for butter. another time. <laughs> But Fabio. Um, yeah. So I was actually also, I was a personal trainer at a gym in uh, West Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard um, called Equinox. They're very, mm-hmm. very like prestigious gyms. But um, I was training one day and I I sat down to show my client how to do a proper row, mm-hmm. back row. And I just to, you know, my peripheral vision <laughs> I, I feel this like more massive figure, you know, I, I kid you not because what Fabio was famous for was like his hair blowing in the wind. Yes. I do not make this up. Yes. I do not make this up. I swear. I look over and there is Fabio next to me doing rows with his hair. Literally. It was, I, I legit was looking around. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he has somebody where, that follows him around with a fan. Where's the fan? You know? And I had super long hair at that time. I'm just like sweaty and matted. And I'm like, where, where is this wind yeah. blowing? I mean, it, it maybe in my mind, right? The mind's pretty powerful and can create whatever we want to be. Yes. But I swear. Um, and, and, and one last thing that might be to, you know, people might be disappointed when we were on So You Think You Can Dance, both Shakira and Jennifer Lopez mm. um, came on our season at different times. And Jennifer Lopez has a reputation of a certain kind. She was super kind. I in love fact, that. she came and introduced herself. She was like, hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm like, yeah. Jenny on the podcast. Yeah, I, I know I, you. I'm pretty sure I know. But <laughs> hello. Yeah, nice to meet you. And Shakira kept her entourage all around her mm. and wouldn't even say hello or associate with anyone. Interesting. Which is kind of the opposite of what I think you'd expect. But it felt like Jennifer was still connected to her roots as a dancer, Mm. you know, and had that sense of like humility of where she came from. Yeah. And appreciation for what you guys have, your talent. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. That's what I felt more so. Um, So it was very interesting. But (laughs) anyway, I'll never get over me and Fabio doing rows next to each other, you know. And you know what? You're right. And that was a perfect segment because we're going to talk about the power of the brain, yes. the power of emotions. So yes. I can't wait to just hop right into that. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions, you know, women especially, I think especially just even get a bad rap around emotions, mm-hmm. but how do we navigate through them? And and I think a lot of us don't understand the brain's connection to them and either amplifying them or being able to, you know, process our way through them. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com. M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Okay, we're back. This is going to be a really great conversation because I'm fascinated with the power of the brain. You know, you have a background in personal training. That was my background for many years, and so is obviously about the physical strength and and endurance and flexibility and all of this and and you learned how to you know strengthen and 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 really you know hone in on certain areas of the body and really you know help with the um, performance of the physical body but it wasn't until later on that um, I mean I think instinctually I knew this but it wasn't until later on that I started really finding 
um, so much research and so much interest in this research about the power of the brain and how even Olympic athletes and everything like that, that would use um, visualization and different brain, um, you know, different brain stimulus and things like that, that would help them to actually be able to um, physically perform better. Mm -hmm. We're not going to necessarily talk about that today, but it is really fascinating what we're going to talk about because we kind of mentioned it in the intro is as women, we get often like pegged as emotional beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all humans have emotion. Absolutely. But I feel like women were maybe a little more connected to our emotions, which is great. But I feel like more and more of us are dealing with um, really putting in a lot of effort to try to disconnect from our emotions because we don't want to come across as emotional women, right? Whether it's in the workforce whether it's wherever, you know, that we are, we we oftentimes will disconnect from that emotion and almost be ashamed of the emotions that we have, we feel. But then, you know, we've talked about it in previous episodes before about how whenever we suppress emotion, a lot of times it will show up physically for us too. It manifests itself. It, it wants to express itself. That's the whole job mm-hmm. of emotion, right? Is to help release and be able to be expressed. And when we, um, put that bandaid on it, like we, you know, with any other symptom or anything, or we try to quiet it, then we might be able to do so in the short term, but in the long term, it will eventually show up within our body physically and mentally. And so I want to definitely talk about that. And I just can't wait. I just want to be like, go, go Ash, teach us all the things, teach us about our brains. Yeah. Well, what's really important is to the brain, everything comes down to meaning, Mm -hmm. meaning. And that's why it's very personal to us as well. Right. Let's, and I think a lot has become, we've become so conditioned with anxiety, depression, sadness being depression, worry being anxiety, right? We put these labels and therefore we don't want to feel them, right? But we also then amplify their impact, right? It's normal sometimes to feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's normal to feel worry or fear sometimes. Those are part of the human experience. In fact, I have a huge thing that I hate that so many motivational speakers say, or fear isn't real. Mm. And I'm like, yes, it is. It's actually <laughs> a survival mechanism built into the nervous system. Like we, it is a very real thing that is actually there for our survival. And since the brain cares most about our survival, it is absolutely going to utilize fear sometimes, right? right? Yes. So even just statements like that do a disservice to us, right? Because Yes, that can apply if we're projecting fear into the future, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, well, then that fear is just as real as believing the best possible thing can happen, right? But in a moment, in a time in our life, we're going to feel fear or worry or anxiety or any of those emotions that come from there. And first, we have to just understand that's part of the human Mm -hmm. experience, right? Like you said, even with males, I mean— being a human being, we're human feel like we feel, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we first have to accept that and decide what is the meaning we give to that, right? And I think emotions get a big meaning of weakness sometimes. That's so true. And I think that if we're just talking about men in a moment, I think that's why a lot of men aren't as connected, right? Because traditionally, and obviously the world's changing, but traditionally it was, well, that's weak to feel. Mm-hmm. And so shut it down. Right. So I think that, you know, transferred over for many years. So absolutely. And then now we're seeing this with so many women as we are maybe taking on, you know, roles that were traditionally more like for men, right? We're, we're in that work field. We have, I know like, um, Jess, who's not with us today, you know, we are a very female, obviously business Mm -hmm. and we go about business very femininely, right? Sure. Right. And Which so sometimes yeah. we don't get taken seriously. Mm. And it just depends on, I mean, we also are treated beautifully by so many people, but oftentimes we kind of, um, people underestimate us. They underestimate the amount of um, seriousness that we take our you know, business and all of this and, and the drive that we have to make it succeed. But it's something that um, people, you know, need to understand that if you are constantly worrying, you know, about what the outcome of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish and you're thinking too much into the future and you're defining it and you're creating this like whole story about it, but it hasn't even really happened, then, you know, that's something that then can really, um, I don't know, it just, it affects how we show up and it affects like even our health 
whether it's mental health or whether it's even physical health. Yeah. Well, yeah. thoughts are the language of the brain, but emotions are the language of the body. Oh, good. I like that. So mm-hmm. inevitably, whatever we don't feel, our body will store. Yeah. And again, not, neuroscience has talked about this. This isn't just like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. It's like, no. And we can see that because where do you feel an anxiety attack? In yeah. the body. Right? Mm-hmm. So the body does store that and it's part of that self-sacrifice. And sometimes we need that, right? Depending on what we're going through or how challenging it is, we might need to just survive that time. And mm-hmm. But our body goes, okay, I'm going to hold on to this, right? And mm-hmm. inevitably though, it it can't, it has a threshold, right? And that's where then it spills over and the mental, emotional health, physical health starts, you know, to be impacted. So the first thing is, again, this idea and understanding that emotions are part of the human experience, right? And so much we're told don't feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way. Or don't look at it as a weakness. Right. Look at it as a strength, right? Would you say that? Absolutely. Well, how do we know contrast in life? Mm -hmm. We have to have contrast, right? So we have to understand that when we feel worried, that also gives us greater contrast of when we feel hope, mm-hmm. right? Or sad versus happiness. So first of all, we just need to give ourselves permission to feel because the brain, again, everything comes down to meaning. So depending on how we grew up or even if, you know, things were told, oh, you're so emotional or mm-hmm. like, oh, she's so emotional or don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. You should feel this way. Or, or she's so needy. Right. Or she, yes. Or what's wrong with you. Right. Right. What's wrong with you? You're having a good day, right? All these things, yeah, that you hear a lot about. Mm -hmm. So as a kid too, and our brain is developing, you know, those meanings start to become extracted at a subconscious level, right? Not that we're walking around consciously saying, my parents said this to me all the time, and now I've got a threat response around Mm -hmm. my emotions. And you might not even remember these experiences that happened, right? What's really crazy and and, and still to this day kind of irks me, but the brain in our first seven years Mm -hmm. is really, really establishing itself on how it sees you and the world and your nervous system is learning how to regulate. Mm -hmm which is frustrating because you're like, what? I was, I mean, I had had very little control (laughs) and you didn't even have like the emotional intelligence to even process things coming at you. Or define it. Right. So yeah, exactly. So it's, and that's of course going to the deeper work and understanding all the pieces of your life and how they impact you. But first step, we have permission to feel our emotions. So one thing I always talk about my clients, and, and I'm a mind coach and I have a process based in neuroscience, but the first step in changing any stress response. So, so many women would say probably a stress response to them is some emotional response, right? Whether it's anxiety or depression or worry or just a constant negative thought loop or self-defeating thoughts. I mean, this is very mm-hmm. common, right? Or constantly worrying about very common. your body, mm-hmm. your health. So it's limiting beliefs, worth, mm-hmm. right? those are all in the same category, right? So you don't want to feel that, right? No, because they're uncomfortable feelings. They're uncomfortable. Right. First step in changing that is changing your response to them. Mm -hmm. Reframing, right? Reframing, right? Got it. Because you have to understand the brain wants to keep you safe and everybody understands, of course, the brain wants to keep you physically safe. Mm -hmm. But the scans of the brain have shown that it, it perceives physical threats similarly to emotional threats. Right. So it cares just as much about you feeling emotionally safe or your emotional well-being as it does you physically surviving. I love looking at those brain scans or images. It's fascinating. Um, Obviously, people are just listening to us and not seeing us, but if you ever wanted to, you could go and follow, I love this account, Dr. Amen. Uh I love him. I'm sure you do this too on, on the things that you're teaching. But yeah, so basically what you're saying is that when we are actually going through whatever the stressful, fearful, you know, dangerous situation is, we experience it once, but the emotions that are stored from that experience can be like replayed, relived mm-hmm. physically and mentally over and over and over again, depending mm-hmm. on how we've defined it and how we have framed it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that mm-hmm. too. And also the meaning we give it, mm-hmm. right? So let's say someone's really struggled with anxiety. Yeah, that's a good one because we have a lot of customers that reach out to us that are dealing with chronic anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge amount of my clients. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
someone who's really had that like, and someone who hasn't, just saying the word anxiety, mm-hmm. you could watch their brain light up yeah. in a protective response. So what we need to understand is when we start to feel something uncomfortable by an emotion, and then we start to judge it, we start to amplify our fear around it. We start to stress. We try to suppress it. We try, how do I get out of this? When you do that, your brain is encoding a threat response, not just around this situation or the person or the event that might have created some anxiety, mm-hmm. but the emotion itself. So now your brain is looking out for even you potentially feeling anxiety. Right. But with how that works against us is the brain now being aware of it, it becomes hypervigilant. It becomes hypersensitive and hyperprotective of any type of event or situation that is similar or linked to the past that created anxiety. Right. Right. So that's why when people start with like maybe social anxiety, but before they know it, they're just feeling anxiety through everything in their life. They just wake up. With, with anxiety. Anxious, yeah. Right. Feeling, yes. Because now the brain has become more and more hypersensitive, hyperactive, mm-hmm. more focused on it because it's trying to protect you from feeling it. But in that, it's predicting and perpetuating you feeling anxiety more and more over time. Right. So let's say you just wake up in the morning and you just have this anxious feeling and you're, you haven't even experienced the day yet, you know? But already physically, you're having that stress response. So hormonally, cortisol is rising, insulin is rising, all of these things happen. And I've talked a lot about this, about anytime our stress hormones are high, our sex hormones go low. So a lot of you women that are dealing with things like hormonal imbalance with PMS or PCOS, endometriosis, and so on, um, many times what I've worked with with a lot of women is trying to first address um, the anxiety that they're dealing with and helping them to implement different nutritional strategies and lifestyle strategies to help them to be able to give their body as many safety signals as possible. Because when we live in a chronic state of stress or chronic state of anxiety, we're body our bodies don't, they don't understand the threat, even though there might not actually be a threat. We're just worrying and we're creating the threat in our body in that response. Um, they, it's like, it becomes this vicious cycle. It's very hard because then when the sex hormones go low, I mean, it's just a whole vicious cycle. Then that also then is giving your body physically, it's telling your body there's some stress, there's some danger. And so it's just like, kind of just keeps us going. And it can be very hard and very frustrating. I have um, a daughter that deals with a lot of anxiety and and she's been amazing how she's kind of worked through a lot of stuff, even just on her own. But um, I love it when she can turn to people like you or anybody that has any knowledge on this and try to learn these basic um, strategies and skills and just understanding what's going on with her body, she feels like she can have a little bit more control over that and feel like she Mm -hmm. can function so much better. And I know so many of these girls that are listening today that have experienced anxiety themselves or they know of a loved one that's also, this is important. And I want what you are teaching us to help, you know, help us to be able to know how to, to, control kind of on this again, because it is kind of actually about control, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever we don't feel safe, we seek control and it's a a human need to have some degree of control. Mm -hmm. So again, speaking to emotions, what's, what do people always say? I feel like I don't have control over it. Right. You feel out of control. Right. So then when you feel it, again, it amplifies that wanting to control it can't, the threat alarms in the brain go higher and higher. And I, I, the brain is so key. I just, before we dive into, because I know you've all heard it before, but like the brain can truly change our whole life. Like you absolutely have to treat the physical body. Absolutely. And obviously my life is, I've, I've had two incredibly life altering experiences with my health that you have to take care of your body 1000%. But what I've seen in my work, I mean, the brain can truly transform everything. I mean, I've had, I just had a client it's total remission. She's been anxiety and depression 15 years Mm -hmm. all over. I mean, I've worked with 67 year olds Mm -hmm. that the brain can truly, we can get beyond just managing. And I just, obviously that requires deeper work, but I'm telling you this one step as, as simple as it feels, we all say, well, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to feel better when I have less anxiety Mm -hmm. or, or less worry, right? You have to actually change how you respond to it before you'll have less of it. Mm-hmm. That's good. So most of my clients over time, right? What's their greatest anxiety? And we're just going to go down this rabbit hole with anxiety because it's so prevalent. But obviously yeah. this applies 
to anything or any emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the same response in the brain. But over time, my client's greatest anxiety is over their anxiety. Right. right? I've seen this. Yes. Not Mm -hmm. something specific anymore Mm -hmm. in life or a person. It is over the emotion itself. Right. Right. Because again, the brain has encoded that emotion as a threat. And every time it has been there and caused you emotional distress or mental distress or inhibited your life, it re-encodes anxiety as a threat response. Then, like I said, you just have to know the brain is paying hyper attention to it and it wants to protect you from feeling it. So it actually will create anxiety before you go to see that person or that event or that place or whatever it may be to protect you from having anxiety, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, it it feels like so unfair. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Brain creates anxiety to keep me from preventing, like feeling anxiety, but it therefore it gets worse and worse over time. So the first step that you have to understand this is happening, right? And that's where it feels at least empowering to say, okay, oh, that's why your brain is doing that. But I, I want to emphasize, though it feels like punishment, mm-hmm. it's protection. Right. And I know we've all felt that way. And I certainly have. Like my body was my enemy. Mm-hmm. My brain was my enemy, especially in creating chronic pain. Cause you know, I went through a, a horrifying journey of, of chronic pain that I've rewired, but it, it certainly, my brain felt like an enemy and I had, you know, I had PTSD also around my body. Cause I fought between life and death for over four years. So mm-hmm. it, my body certainly felt like my enemy right? and, and then the fear like, around it felt I, like my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of all of the women that are listening right now and they're relating so much because it's a, it's language that I hear often in DMs is that I just feel like my body is working against me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's exactly what you're describing. So you have to reframe that then. Okay. Crucial. And again, that was my life experience. Like mm-hmm. my body was my greatest adversary, right. right? Took away my career for six years. And then again, in the last six years. But when I started to study the brain and the nervous system and it really, really opened my eyes to that everything that our brain and body do are from a place of protection. And why that's important to understand is it, there's no one way the brain or body protects you. It's very unique to you and all your life experiences. Everything that you've experienced that has contributed to thinking this is the way to protect her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's you can kind of reframe it and say, my body knows how to heal and it loves me. Right. It's trying to take care of me. It's sensing my needs and it's trying to take care of me. It's not trying to work or ruin my life. You know, it's not working against me. So, so that opens up that place of observing what's happening without immediately judging or suppressing, right? Okay. Because, mm-hmm. okay, if it's trying to protect me, why? Like what is happening in this moment? What is happening in my life? Um, what are the physical stressors, the emotional stressors like that? is contributing to why my brain and body are are doing what they're doing. So that at least opens the way for even yourself, your brain shifting also to think about how many times if you have uttered, my my brain is my enemy. My Mm -hmm. body is my enemy. Mm -hmm. I will tell you one thing about the brain that is really powerful. When we've all heard it, you are what you think about. That is truly how the brain works. Mm -hmm. Like the brain is wired to validate whatever we believe. And beliefs come by what we repeatedly say over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. That might start as a thought, but over time that wires into a belief system. So even saying that over and over again, like mm-hmm. my body is my enemy and I get it, believe me. And oh, I yeah. said it myself, right? Uh, we all have. We all have. It's because that is a natural reaction, right? It yeah. is. But I love what you're saying because it's exactly, I always talk about that too. Whatever we believe in, we will always search for evidence to back it up. Yeah. And, yeah. and your brain will do that with your mm-hmm. consent or not, mm-hmm. right? That's yep. truly its wiring. So when you start to understand that and say, okay, oh my gosh, this really does matter because your brain won't allow anything in that doesn't validate your beliefs. So if you keep saying my body's my greatest enemy, then it must be mm-hmm. because that is how your brain works and communicates to the body. And I know that because understanding that was one of the ways I rewired pain, right? Mm-hmm. So first reframing is is super important, obviously, and being cognizant of what you communicate because that also amplifies your brain's threat response around your body, right? Mm-hmm. 
But emotions, think of how we talk about emotions in and of themselves, not just when we experience them, but about them. So I tell my clients, and again, we're going to talk about anxiety, but this is everything. And this is your body as well with a a physical response. It's the same thing. When we feel anxiety, you know, or a physical pain or symptom or anything else, we feel that immediate stress around it. Oh my gosh, it's here again. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is happening again. Will this ever go away? Why is this doing this? Like I'm such a prisoner to this, right? And it happens, excuse me, in a, in a nanosecond, mm-hmm. right? So it's just bang, bang, because the brain works so fast. Then when we're feeling that, thinking that, the brain's alarm bells go, whoop, 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 whoop. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, they send more stress hormones, more stress signals to the body. That stress response, like anxiety, amplifies more, right? That's why then panic attacks happen. Right. So how? what's the first step in actually changing this? Changing our response to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not ignorant to say like, oh, I'm just going to be high anxiety. So happy you're here. Okay. (laughs) But. Love you. I love love you. Love this feeling that I'm having right now. This panic attack is the best. So happy that you are part of my life. Um, But, okay, it's here. Now I understand that my response to it is amplifying it and reinforcing it happening in the future Mm -hmm. again. So. How do I instead connect to what's happening in my brain and body, right? Instead of try to suppress it, shut it down, how do I get this to go away as fast as possible? What can I take? What can I do? Okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. Become, like I always tell my clients, my favorite word is observing. Like we talk about awareness a lot, which is very important because we can't change anything we're not aware of. People are like, I'm very aware I'm feeling anxiety. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Like pretty much check that box like all day, yeah. every day. Like, yeah. oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Didn't know, you know, <laughs> we're aware it's there, but we're not observing it. I like that. The difference between awareness and observation. Yes. I love that. Because then you're more of a neutral person to it because observers aren't judging. They're studying. They're not criticizing. They're studying, right? Yeah. They're, and then they're asking questions mm-hmm. like, hmm okay, what just happened? You know, that might remind me of something in the past or like, what is this connection? What did somebody say? Like, we're starting to ask questions that therefore then allow us to better understand what's running in our system. And again, when we feel it, and this is again with anything, we usually judge ourselves, right? For feeling whatever emotion it is. And we go down the rabbit hole of Mm self-criticism or like, why can't I fix this? I'm just not enough or I'm not strong enough. I'm so weak. And brain scans again have shown, and I love this now because we have functional MRI, so we can really see what's happening with the MRI, with the brain in the moment, with the emotion, with what's happening. Self-criticism activates the brain's alarm signals. Mm-hmm. When the brain's alarm signals are activated, it sends stress hormones. What's your stress response? Anxiety. Mm-hmm. So whatever that emotion is that then we're judging, criticizing ourselves for, again, is just perpetuating it, amplifying. Oh, okay. This is what I want to get into because I think it's really, I was just actually just having this conversation with a listener. She is new to listening to this podcast. I won't name her name, but um, I really appreciated the message that she sent to me. It was, you know, it was one of those things where um, I I will say something that's going to sound kind of funny and self-critical of myself. And I want you to know that maybe a couple years ago, it would have like put me in tears and I would have been very upset about this, but I've come, I've learned some things, but she basically was like, listen, I just listened to your, you know, one of your episodes. And I want you to know that after I did that, I looked you up and I wanted to see what you looked like you know, what the, the the picture of you with your voice, right? And so she's like, and I have to tell you that for the last several years, I've been dealing with some chronic illness. I have my body is completely changed. I don't recognize it anymore, you know, and I'm worried about it and frustrated about it because I'm doing everything right. And there's just, I just feel like my body's working against me. She had all this language mm-hmm. that we've just talked mm-hmm. about. She's like, but then I saw a picture of you and I, I thought, she's not super skinny. Okay. Now that would have maybe like made me cry a couple of years ago, but it's true. And, but she says, but I know that you are healthy and I know that you're taking care of your body. And she's like, and so I'm writing out to you because I want you to know as I'm writing this, I'm crying because this was something that allowed me to be able to maybe reframe what the definition of health is. So we ended up having a little voice kind of message back and forth, you know, 
and just talking about it. And I said, listen, this is something that I had to learn. Um, I have had some um, major health issues as well. You know, it's not like if you're a health practitioner, you never experience disease right. or anything like that. And yeah, and my body is completely changed physically where it's, that's hard. That's emotionally hard because for so long, my body was kind of my um, advertisement. It was like mm-hmm. how people knew that I knew what I was talking about. And so, and it mattered a lot to me, right? So I went into this mode for many years of trying to fix what was broken and I was fixing and fixing and fixing and, and realizing like, man, you know, this is working for everybody else, but it doesn't seem like it's working for me. And it's so frustrating. And, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm just going to do it harder and I'm going to do it more. And I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. And I, and it finally dawned on me, I'm going to make this a shorter story, but it finally dawned on me that the more I was trying to fix myself, the more I was actually getting in the way of my own healing um, because of that self-criticism, that, that, mm-hmm. um, dialogue that was going on in my head, right? And it's hard. It's not an easy thing to reframe that, but I had to reframe it and I had to really kind of go deep and think, okay, how can I look at this, you know, this physical manifestation of some of the um, health issues that I'm having, right? How do I reframe this? And one of the things that, you know, I, I could tell a client this, but then it didn't dawn on me that like a lot of times, Let's talk about the weight. You know, I'm I'm carrying like an extra 40 pounds that I usually have never had. But that weight is actually a healing response to what it is that I'm I've dealt with and what led to the disease and you know for me. And so instead of looking at the weight as something that's like a terrible consequence and it's you know horrible, mm-hmm. I've had to learn to look at it and say, you know, it's my body's way of loving me. It's mm-hmm. my body's healing response. It's not something that I'm not I'm just gonna accept and like never right. like I'm still working, I still exercise and eat right and do all mm-hmm. the things. But I've I'm trying and it and it pops up, you know, like I, I'll get frustrated and worried about stuff when I'm not fitting into clothes or I see myself in a picture. Sure, I get human. that. We're human. Yeah. Totally. But it's a process. And what you're talking about, Ashley, is all of the things I'm trying to implement into my life. And so I hope that the girls that are listening that can relate maybe a little bit to my story or to some you know stories that are similar to that, they can understand the power that comes from this reframing and, and not trying to always fix ourselves and not putting ourselves on this high alert because it actually it's a big obstacle for our healing. It it keeps us from, even if we are eating right and we are exercising perfectly and we're doing the meditation and we're doing all the things. Right. Right. Yeah. And to that point, yeah, we don't realize that it it doesn't even matter, right? If we're doing all the things, right? Mm -hmm. If we're exercising, we're eating the foods. If we're then creating an internal stress response all day, every day, like, right? Whether or not, and I know with women, you know, body issues are a huge thing. So we're stressing about what we didn't eat or what we did eat regardless, right? right. But then we're stressed about the next meal or the <laughs> ramifications. I mean, you're just releasing cortisol all day, every day. And you're you're actually creating a threat response in mm-hmm. your brain around food, around exercise, around your body, right? And then, of course, being a woman and the fluctuations of hormones and what that does. Like, I mean, I retain a lot of water and that's just like my mom did too. And believe me, I do all the things Mm -hmm. nutritionally, but it's one of my genetic dispositions, Sure, right? So I have to be cognizant of that too and be like, okay, certain time each month, yep, those pants are not going to be tried on, right? Because, <laughs> and that is totally normal. And that's but normal. Man, we're hard on ourselves but, about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used to have to go on stage regardless, right? That's true. And very tight uh, we were and revealing on Broadway, clothes. eight shows a week. I was like, all right, just not going to think about this in the bright lights, right? But <laughs> we have to understand how powerful our brain is. And, and I get it that it's not easy, but you have to first you're in charge mm-hmm. ultimately. So if you want to feel different about anything mm-hmm. and including your emotions, right? You have to change your response to them. Yes. And that actually will start decreasing the brain's threat around it. And I've seen it over and over again, even just doing this as simple as it sounds, but yet it is so significant and it's creating a total different chemical, neurochemical response anxiety, panic, the anxiety doesn't go to a panic attack. It Mm -hmm. doesn't last as long. It's not as severe. You're able to go through it because you are decreasing your brain's threat around it. Yes. And if you can do this, it, you know, the good exercise, the good nutrition, all of that will be, it'll be successful because 
it's your thoughts that determine how you respond to it, right? Yes. So even if you are eating all of the colorful veggies and everything and you're exercising consistently at the right time of the month and you're doing That's it, right. you know, all the yeah. things, right? If you are, if you are not having the thoughts that are supporting that, that it is helpful and, and it's not a threat and all the stuff, then your body then will actually be able to respond to the benefits of them. But if you're, if you have a negative thought process and cycle, then no matter what you're doing, all of the right things, yeah. your body will still put you into survival mode and will still think that there's a reason for it to try to protect you. And, and a lot of times that can be carrying excess weight because Absolutely. that excess weight you know, is going to help you in the long run because your body doesn't know. Is it in a famine? Is it like, what's oh, going yeah. on? Right? Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to give you, I want to give you an example. But okay. to that point, after I got better from my illness, right? And I fought between life and death for over four and a half years and I had no nutrition. Like my body just wasn't able to absorb. I also had a rare parasitic infection. And literally for the first time in my, like all that time, I started to get nutrition and my body gained like 50, 60 pounds. Mm. Right. So people might not think even I understand that because as mm-hmm. a dancer, I, I certainly do. And I was trying to go back to my dance career in a body I did not recognize. And I was like, I just literally fought for my life for over four years. Mm-hmm. I defied the odds. No one told me I was going to survive. No one told me I'd dance again. I've been gone for six years. I'm trying to go back in this body I do not recognize. And my body literally just was like, oh my gosh, nutrition, food. <laughs> and it just, again, to your point, it was yeah. a protective response that for sure didn't feel like protection. It was like, what, you hate me? Like, what What yeah, are we like, doing now? now right? This? Now, now this? this? What? Yeah. You know? <laughs> wait, wait, you know? And to that point as well, but it, it was, again, total mindset shift. Like, I had to go back to dance, stand in front of a mirror all day in a body that also I did not feel comfortable in, right, or recognize. And, and that's not easy, right? No. But I, I had to go through another journey of, I had to love a body that was making me very ill. And now I had to love a body that just, I didn't feel like mine, mm-hmm. you know, in, yeah. in, a, in a physical way. And to your also point, I didn't give up on it though. I mm-hmm. kept feeding it. I kept nourishing it. I kept reaffirming safety, both in my actions and words. And, you know, with time, my body was like, okay, we're not dying anymore. Like we're getting nutrition. We're safe. Okay. We can start to let some of this go. Right. So all sides are so important. And I, I completely get that too. So none of this is about like that it's easy. But my point is that it's possible. That's what I love. That's the message I want. Right? It's hopeful. It's, it's hopeful. Mm-hmm. And in the both physical and mental health world, we're not really given a lot of possibilities. I mean, I, I've heard and heard it all as I'm sure all of you, right? It's just like I had a client cry. I was like, I would never thought I could actually get free of this. It was like, you can manage it, you can mitigate it, but like to truly authentically feel different. And we are more powerful and to our emotions, I want to share a story that just happened with my daughter not too long ago, but it, it's so applicable to ourselves mm-hmm. because what's the opposite of self-criticism? Self-compassion. We all struggle with that most of all. We can have compassion up the yin-yang for everybody else, <laughs> yeah, we're right? we're good at that. We're so good mm-hmm. at having zero for ourselves, right? And we do that again with our emotions. We judge them, right? We're weak or what's wrong with us? And one day, Sophia, my daughter who just turned eight, um, and this was just a few months ago. She was super emotional, kind of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I do joke. I'm like, are you on your period? You know, right? Like, but she's never clearly knows. not. But well, you know, there's some there's girls st- that I know. That, but no, please, not- let's not put that out in the world. But, <laughs> right. uh, but nonetheless, my my gut instinct, because we're all human, mm-hmm. right? In a moment, and I didn't say it, but I kind of felt it in my head, was like, why are you feeling this way? Like, or having a good day. You're, this is very inconvenient. Your friend is about to come <laughs> yeah. over. Like, there was nothing wrong, nothing had happened that to me, right, to anybody be like evoking these emotions mm-hmm. in her. But as we know, they don't necessarily just come because of that moment. They they might be coming from something else and they see an opening to be expressed, right? Whatever it is, like you can't logically understand it. But then in that moment, right, I kind of quieted that down. And because my husband too was like, what are, why are you, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, from a good intention. But again, of course. I got it, right? In my head, I was feeling that way. But I just took knowing what I know and what I work through. I just, I took Sophia because she also, I could tell was feeling upset that she was feeling upset, right? And then she was starting to get stressed because her friend was supposed to come over. And now she wasn't just stressed about how she was feeling, but that her friend was coming and they were supposed to play and she should be happy. And I could just see what was happening without her understanding really what was happening. 
So she was starting to be hard on herself too, right? So I just sat her down and I said, first of all, you know what, Sophia? It's okay to feel emotions sometimes. You will. And I also told her, it's not just that you're a girl. It's that you're just a human being. Okay. And I said, and you know what? It's okay if we are feeling that way to change our plans. Like maybe you just don't feel like playing today. That's okay. That's nothing about you or what's wrong with me or or you should feel this way. Like sometimes we're just feel that way and we need to honor it. And I said, there's nothing wrong with it. We just have to sometimes allow ourselves to feel it. And literally, you know, three minutes, she totally snapped out of it, you know? And, and of course, you know, it's, it's not as complex in a seven-year-old as, as maybe a mother and all things. But nonetheless, she gave herself permission to feel it from a place of self-compassion and acceptance, not judgment. So now her brain was like, oh, it's not that you're a bad friend or you're canceling plans or like, what's wrong with you? You're having a good day. Why are you feeling all of this? When we react that way, our brain is encoding that emotion as a threat. And that Mm -hmm. self-criticism amplifies the brain's threat alarms around it. So one reason why all our emotions have gotten worse is think about how we've judged them in our life. Or other people have told us to not feel that way, right? You shouldn't feel that way. Therefore, I start thinking, I shouldn't feel this way. What's wrong with me? And it just literally, I saw it, the beauty in her, which I, you know, I've I've seen my clients been able to to start, integrate, and heal. And therefore, the threat passed. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so it really is as simple as it sounds to start reacting differently to our emotions and to try to start to shift from that self criticism, suppression, shut this down to just seeing them, allowing them. Okay. I'm safe to process through them. Like I'm feeling this for a reason. I'm going to let it run through me and out of me because when we, want to fight them or shut them down. Again, that fight or flight response, it just solidifies them into our system. The brain now is firing all of those threat signals. Hence, we do it again and Mm. we do it again. And then it just gets more and more hardwired, more and more threat. The only thing we can first do to start changing that is changing our response to it, which then starts to change our brain's response to it. I love that. And I love how you just explained and and painted the picture of how that can be done. Because I think sometimes when we're saying, okay, observe and change, you know, the reframe it, all of that, that in and of itself sometimes can feel like, oh, okay, I got to do this yeah. and I, I got to fix it, right? But the fact that you just expressed how Sophia, you beautifully, you, good job, mom, by the way, that was a good wow. mom move right there. But you helped her to go, it's okay. And to have that self-compassion and and to allow that emotion to flow and not necessarily feel like we have to judge it. We just yeah. have to observe it. We just have to watch it. And that's what that looks like. So if you're like, how do I do that? That's exactly, you just do exactly what um, Ashley guided Sophia through. You know, mm-hmm. you allow your body to feel it, express it and get rid of it. And, you know, oftentimes three minutes. Yeah. Like, and then that if we just allow ourselves that three minutes, yeah. we really save ourselves almost a lifetime of having to like relive this and and repeat this over and over again, right? Right, 100%, which we just weren't taught, right? And and, and not, we just didn't understand. And I know we've all had those experiences of like, what's wrong with you? And then we've said it to ourselves, right? And I'm just weak or like, I'm just, whatever it may be, we've judged and criticized ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And and I'm speaking from experience. Oh, yeah. Right, which is why I know the journey to get, I mean, I was, Type A perfectionist, so harsh on myself. I mean, I was dying and I wouldn't allow myself to cry, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, no, you got to fight. You got to survive. Like, you're not allowed. And going back and being like, what? Like, you're not allowed to cry. You lost everything you loved. Like, your teenage years are spent in bed. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not you're not allowed to feel even angry sometimes. Like, of course you are. You, you are not your emotions. And that's the other thing is we identify with them. Like, I shouldn't feel angry. I'm not an angry person. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you're not, but you, you are going to feel anger sometimes as part of being a human. You're going to feel betrayal. You're going to feel sadness. You're going to feel frustration, overwhelm, worry. That's part of being a human. But also when we attach to them, our brain has to validate our identity, right? So I always tell my clients, they're like, no, you don't even have anxiety. You experience it. 
Yes. That is a, everything to the brain comes down to distinctions. So it's like when I was told you're a chronic pain patient, I'm like, no, I'm experiencing chronic pain mm-hmm. right now. That is not who I am. And I will not allow my brain and body to believe that that is who I am because then therefore they have to create that. Mm-hmm. They have to create pain to validate who I am. So you have to start being really cognizant of language and it is so powerful. So not only just how you speak about it, but then what are your words around it? And think of how many times you've spoken about it. You've, you've attached your identity to it. Then your brain has to see through that lens. And then when you react to it the way you do, you just reaffirm your brain believing that's who you are and that it's a threat. And then it's living in constant hypervigilance of that threat that is now part of who you are. Mm. It just all makes so much sense. It all makes so much sense. And I love that we're having this type of conversation because this is what can start the process of of healing and 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 changing kind of your relationship with emotions. So I love Ashley, thank you for coming and sharing all of these great insights and tools. I know there's so much more. So let's say somebody has recognized that they're in these kinds of patterns. What do you recommend that obviously they can do some work, these things that you've taught us to simply do on our own, but is there like more that they can go and reach, you know, out to somebody or to do something more to be able to help, you know, solidify all of these great, you know, changes that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm going to give you just one next tool here, yeah. but I, I, you know, I do encourage you. I have a three-step act. It's ACT. It's an acronym, but it's a three-step process. To, to take this to the next place because it is to simplify. What can you do now? And that you can find on my website, ashleydillo.com or Free Mind Body Blueprint. And that's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this can feel like a lot. Yeah. And that's just a three-step process to really start changing that reactive response because now your reactive response is conditioned mm. and your brain wants to do everything reflexively. So you got to think whatever you've repeatedly done is what your brain wants to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's uncomfortable, it feels safe to your brain because yeah. it's familiar. It's familiar, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I highly, you know, encourage you. That's a great resource, right? Um, I also have a free training on the brain because the more you understand how the brain works, the more you can start to make sense of your own experience and take up, take off some of that judgment because it's not just you. Mm-hmm. It's your brain. Yes, it's right? fascinating. It's yes. fascinating, but then it, it really does start to go okay, it isn't just me. I'm broken. I'm damaged. I'm less than. This is my brain. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I can actually change it, right? So I encourage that that free trainings on my website too. We'll um, put all of this yeah. in the show notes. If you're wanting just quick links, I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So thank you. Yeah. Then the next step with that, I would just say this last tool today. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, to your point, we want to fight, you know, shut down, stop that thought. I always tell my clients too, like you're the observer, but then you have to renegotiate with your brain. You because you, it's the only <laughs> self-regulating organ. It yeah. can do whatever it wants without your consent. And it's it, it and it feels really validated in doing what it is to protect you. So you can't just fight it. You have to actually partner with it. And so then you have to actually now become aware of okay, what am I saying, thinking, feeling that is amplifying what I don't want? And I now know. I've, it's up to me to condition my brain. If I don't condition my brain, my brain will condition me and it will always be through that fear and threat response. It's true. And then that's everybody's brain, mm-hmm. everyone's. And so how do I condition it differently? So when this happens, first, how do I respond differently? But then I got to take conscious control of giving my brain a different feeling, a different thought, right? And that's what I got to sit down and be like, okay, it's like a simple question. Ask yourself, is what am I thinking, feeling, moving me towards what I want or what I don't want? Because either way, I'm moving in one direction, mm-hmm. right? We're not really ever neutral in terms of where we're moving towards. Mm. And so just going that next step of then, okay, what can I write out so I have something to replace? But from that place of, hey, brain, I see you're trying to protect me. This is the response I, you know. And I've been, I've been facilitating it by my reaction to it, right? And how many times I've also spoken about it. Let's renegotiate to do this instead, right? And it takes time. It takes conscious effort, you know? And then obviously there's di- deeper di- work, right, mm-hmm. that you can do. For sure. Um, but I will say, I just, I just want to throw this out. I mean, I've had clients completely eradicate anxiety in seven weeks. 
It's just awesome. But so I say that to the, like the mm-hmm. hope that you, you need to start somewhere and everybody's yeah. at a different place, but I want you to also know it's possible. Well, and it's like we've said, belief, it really comes down to that. Like what you believe, you will find proof to like, to Absolutely. show that this is true. This is true. And you're going to find that evidence. And so if you are listening to this and you're like, well, that sounds like that's all nice and good and everything, but I don't know that that's possible. Then guess what? It might not be possible for you, right? No, but if you can have hope and believe me, you know, Ashley's worked with so many people that she's seen actually have success that she has all of this proofs to show her that it is possible. So I hope you know, like, however you're listening to this and what you're telling yourself about whether you believe this or not is going to serve you to tell yourself that this is true, that this is possible. Yeah. And I tell my clients, like, listen, we have to start somewhere. So can you just even be willing to believe it's mm-hmm. possible? Because that starts to open up the door, right? Yep. And we do have to separate ourselves because we've all been told, right? I mean, I was told by top experts, I wasn't going to live, never dance again. I'd live in chronic pain my whole life. It's downhill from here, right? You can't heal PTSD. Like, you know, believe me. Mm-hmm. I, and And it's hard to not when your life has validated that. So I'm not saying, you know, it's easy, but Either we believe we're powerful or we believe we're not. And ultimately, that's an individual choice. But whether or not you believe you can or can't, you will be right. So yep. can you at least start to be willing to believe? Because there's there's vulnerability in that. And mm-hmm. that's where the brain also puts up walls of protection, right? Because mm-hmm. then it does become upon you to reach yeah. there instead of just pointing to what we have had happen to us or our limitations or what experts have told us, right? So understand your brain's going to want to protect you kind of from that vulnerability of potentially believing something could be different, right? But you either live in that place of safety, which means you're going to be stuck, Mm -hmm. or you start to at least be willing to believe in possibility, right? Because that's that's all out there, kind of in that unknown. Mm -hmm. But either way, your brain's going to validate it. Yeah. So just open up that little crack a little bit, the door, a window, whatever a it is, just a little bit and just see what happens. See what can come Do in. Do what I actually talked about today, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because here's the thing. We're great consumers of information and it's free right now, right? Like right. I mean, to work with me obviously <laughs> isn't free, but sometimes we don't value the free information. I'm telling you like what I just <laughs> talked about can be a game changer in and of itself, Right. Right. Mm. But do you actually do anything with it? Mm-hmm. Or do you go listen to another podcast and another and another and another and like, oh, this is all great, but then you don't change anything. Right. So that's where I'm just going to be like, try it. Put it right? in action. And it won't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Like the brain's been stuck in a one pattern for a long time. So you also can't define it. Like, oh, this doesn't work for me. I did it yesterday. And it's like, yeah. well, if you've had anxiety <laughs> for 15 years, the brain's like, awesome. Yeah, that's not what we do. <laughs> so it's going to take some conscious effort and consistency because the brain won't change without that. Mm-hmm. But if you really do that, I can promise you, you're going to see improvement. I love that. I love that. It's so powerful. It really is. And it's exciting mm-hmm. and it's hopeful. And yeah. So girls, what are you going to do with all this information now? Like, yeah. right. You're going to change your future. You're going to change your body. You're going to change your brain. You're going to change all of that. And, and hopefully you're, you're falling forward into a lot of like happiness and success and whatever it is that you are dreaming for yourself. So I love that. Ashley, yeah. you're amazing. And I absolutely oh. adore you. And I'm so grateful that you're able to come and share this knowledge because it's, it's so powerful and it's something that we all have access to. Yeah. Yep. For free in our own brains. I mean, obviously you're here listening, but mm-hmm. that's my, that is my message, right? Is we all are powerful. And you know, I love you and I love mixers. And like, I always say, I've been supporting you since you brought it to me in Ziploc bags. Like <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan and you know, I like tried it out before I would even give yes, an opinion. Cause yes, I love that too. I care. Right. And I'm particular. And so I'm a huge fan. But I just want everyone to know they're powerful. Like, you know, I mean, that's my message. I mean, I've mm-hmm. defied the odds twice in my life, but it's because I learned to harness the power of our brain and body. And that has nothing to do with talent or intellect or background. It's like what something we were all blessed with. We yep. just have to learn how to utilize it. So I hope you hear this and feel empowered yes. to at least understand there's possibility yes. in feeling different. Yes. 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 And your message and your mission is so aligned with ours too. This is what we're all about is empowering you girls to take 
advantage of the power within you to go out and do what you're supposed to be doing in your life. There's there's work that we are all meant to do. And we need to learn how to get through some of these obstacles that can keep us back and keep holding us back. So I love, that's why I love doing these podcast episodes because I feel like the more we talk about it, the more we're aware of things and the more tools we can receive, the better able we're going to be able to succeed in doing that. So thank you again for tuning in for this week. We love you guys. We appreciate all of the, I just went and looked, we saw, I was going to mention some of the great reviews that some of you guys have been leaving. So kind. Thank you so much. I will in the future go through some reviews and again, send some fun free gifts to you. So please take some time, go rate and review us. Let us know your thoughts about this um, this podcast because this is what fuels us to keep going every single week and, and invite amazing guests like we have, like with Ashley and some of our other guests that we've had on recently. Please go listen to some of the episodes that we've just recently done. Share them with the girls in your life because sharing is caring and that's what it's all about. Until next time, you guys have a very happy and healthy week and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.